This is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess, dancing into episode number 10. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, the tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hi, this is Kristen from naturalbirthandbabycare.com, and on today's podcast, my only announcement is that we are at episode number 10. Can you believe that? I find it hard to believe that I've gotten 10 episodes recorded, but it has been so much fun, and I hope that you have gotten a lot of value out of the podcast. I'll move on ahead. I have a great headline to talk about today. Uh, And this headline is that the U.S. is going to be held accountable for C-sections. This is big news because really C-section rates haven't had to be reported. And when I say C-sections, I'm talking about emergency cesareans that are truly needed. But I'm also talking about the C-sections that may not really be needed. Elective cesareans or cesareans that are done for convenience, but they try and make it sound like an emergency cesarean. And yes, that happens. So the body that's going to be holding uh, hospitals accountable for this is not the government. It's actually the body that accredits hospitals. And they want to know what's going on with the C-section rate because the rate of cesareans in the United States is rising. I know and you know that sometimes an emergency cesarean is needed. And if you feel like in your case and for your baby, a cesarean is the right choice, then that is the right choice for you and your baby. But many moms end up having a cesarean that wasn't necessary. There are risks to cesarean section for both mom and baby, and there are more risks to cesarean than there are for vaginal birth. So if a baby can be born vaginally, healthy and mom can be healthy, then a vaginal birth is the better choice. So the C-section rate being over 30% right now, and in many hospitals it's approaching 50%, is really pretty ridiculous. The World Health Organization says that the C-section rate should be somewhere between probably about 5 and 15%. We don't need to have that many moms going through major surgery and that many babies uh, coming through that major surgery and missing out the benefits of vaginal birth, which include things like squeezing fluid out of the lungs, being colonized with beneficial uh, gut bacteria, and all of that sort of thing. We want to keep moms and babies as healthy as possible, which means a lower C-section rate. What's going on is the Joint Commission, which is, again, the certifying body for C-section rates, they want to see, or excuse me, the Joint Commission is the body that has set different guidelines, and their guidelines are that they want to decrease the early elective birth rate, which means choosing to induce labor before 39 weeks, decreasing the C-section rate in low-risk women, increasing the use of prenatal steroids for babies born preterm, reducing bloodstream infections in newborns, and increasing exclusive breastfeeding rates during hospitalization. So the accountability measures for the C-section rate really focus on that number two point, And what will happen is in January of 2014, hospitals who deliver more than, I think it was 1,500 babies a year, will be required to report 
what their C-section rates are, and I'm not sure how much detail will go into it, whether they'll have to differentiate between emergency cesareans and planned cesareans, but they'll have to report their C-section rates, and all of that information will be published and publicly available to you on a website. So look for that change to come in January of 2014. Let's move on to today's main topic. Remember, you're listening to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast. And today, I've decided to pick a topic that focuses on number three, the life aspect of birth, baby, and life. Today's topic is about what to do if you are having a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. And yes, mamas and daddies, we all have days like that. I have days like that. I know that you have days like that. So the question isn't, how do we prevent days like that? Because sometimes they just happen, but rather, how do we deal with them? Of course, the title of today's podcast is in honor of the book, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day, which is a great book that I grew up reading and I've read to my kids. It's by uh, Judith Vjorst, and it's really a classic. So if you haven't read it, go check it out from the library. Every library has it. Or go ahead and order it to read to your kids because it's really a great book that gives you a smile. But in honor of Alexander and his terrible, horrible, very bad day, let's talk about what to do if we have a day like that. Because sometimes we all have days that are really crummy. It's totally normal. You're not a bad person. And most importantly, you're not a bad parent if you have a bad day. If you have a day where you're totally at the end of your rope, losing it with your kids, that doesn't make you a bad parent. It does mean that it's time to step back and uh, think like an adult and figure out how to handle that day. But you're not a bad parent. You're not a failure. Please remember always that children are resilient. And even if you make a mistake, you can say I'm sorry and you can do better the next day. So let's get into some strategies to handle that day. First, give yourself permission to let go of everything or most things if possible. So if you had a lot of plans for the day and it's really going badly, just give yourself permission to say, okay, that's not going to work today. We'll try again another day. Just let things go and try and relax. If you can, go back to bed. This is especially true if you're really sleep deprived, you're having a bad day with your baby. If your baby falls asleep, then you curl up with your baby and go to sleep too. If you can't go back to bed or when you wake up, if you can fit it in, a shower is a good idea, even a quick shower. That lets you comb out your hair, put it up, put on a fresh shirt, and you can just feel refreshed and you'll be able to 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 look at the day with a fresh perspective. When we get out of the shower and we're dressed nicely, we look at the day with a fresh perspective. So especially if you've been at home with the kids, you haven't had a time to get a shower, things are going really crummy, then it's a good time to hop in, take a quick shower, even five minutes, get your hair washed, get your hair put up, get your hair combed back, whatever you need to do, get on a fresh pair of clothes, and then you'll be ready to face the day with a little bit more enthusiasm. Have an easy snack and feed your kids. Hunger has a huge effect on children. And let me tell you a secret, it also has a huge effect on you. So keep the cupboards or fridge stocked with a few easy, healthy snacks. Just some ideas off the top of my head would be cheeses, fruit slices, yogurt, that sort of thing. 
uh, make sure that you have those in your cupboards and grab one. If everybody seems to be melting down, maybe everybody's hungry. Maybe it's snack time and you guys are also busy melting down that you haven't noticed it. So pull out something easy and you make sure to eat too because it'll probably help you feel better. Also make sure that you're drinking enough water because dehydration can be a problem that causes you to feel fatigued and tired and not able to deal with things as well. So have a snack and get enough to drink. Keep your meal time simple, especially on a bad day. Pick something like sandwiches or wraps for an easy lunch. Even a collection of finger foods that everybody can just quickly pick up are a good thing. But what about supper on a day that's hard? I recommend that you have some freezer meals, which means entrees that you've frozen beforehand. You could double a meal one night, such as if you're making lasagna, double that and put one in the freezer. Or making soup, then make a big old pot of soup and freeze some. So those freezer meals will be available for you on those hard days. That's a great strategy. Even if you just have one or two, you'll find that at some point they become life-saving. So I would recommend that you be proactive now and have some freezer meals ready. If you don't have freezer meals, um, or even if you do, another good proactive thing to do is try a few slow cooker recipes and pick one or two that you really like. Then keep the ingredients for that on hand. If you know that today is shaping up to be a bad day, throw all those ingredients into your slow cooker or crock pot and just let it cook for you. Then you don't have to worry about it. When I was a Uh, I guess I'm still a young mom. I won't flatter myself. But when I was a very young mom, just getting started with my first baby, I was reading something from La Leche League. I don't remember if it was a book or a pamphlet, but I was reading something from La Leche League International, and it had a recipe in it called Fussy Day Chicken or something along those lines. And essentially the recipe was throw a chicken into the crock pot or slow cooker, pour barbecue sauce over the chicken, turn it on, and go take care of your baby and by the time supper rolls around you have a nice cooked chicken that everybody likes and that's always stayed with me I don't think I ever actually tried the recipe because I don't care for barbecue sauce too much but just the thought of having a quick simple meal that could be thrown in and would be fixing while you were handling the grumpy baby or the grumpy toddlers or the grumpy you is a good idea other easy ideas do breakfast for supper So something like bacon and eggs, toast, oatmeal, or something like that. Children usually love this because it's a novelty, and that's very helpful to get them excited about something when you're having a bad day. And breakfast also tends to be very easy to throw together. Even if you're you're feeling fancy, you could even do something like an omelet, which looks really fancy but is still pretty simple to do. And if you have a baby who's just starting solids and they can't have eggs yet, then an omelet is nice because you can saute a little pan of whatever vegetables you're putting in your omelet and serve that to your baby. If things are going really bad, call for delivery or have somebody bring in takeout and just relax and enjoy the food that somebody else has prepared. This is life and sometimes in life it's just easier to let somebody else make the food. What do you do if your kids are melting down? If your baby's melting down, First, do the normal checks. So you want to check diaper, hunger, temperature. Those are things that you need to check for first. Is the diaper wet? Is baby hungry? Is baby 
too hot or too cold. Another thing that you can do is check for hair. So see if there's a hair wrapped around your baby's fingers or toes or on your baby boy around his penis because that can make a baby very upset and sometimes it's hard to see. So if your baby is crying, especially if he or she seems to be crying in pain, check for hair or other things that might be constricting them or causing them pain with their clothing. So those are good checks to do right away to see if you can quickly comfort your baby with one of those standard things. You can use the five S's if you know that your baby's not hungry, isn't, uh, isn't, doesn't have a wet diaper, isn't too hot or cold. The five S's are my next strategy to recommend to you. This is especially true for a baby who's still very young, zero to three months or so. The five S's are from Dr. Harvey Karp. The five S's are swaddling, side or stomach position, shushing sounds, swinging and sucking. And there's a particular technique to using the five S's, and I've actually done an entire podcast episode on the five S's. It was the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast episode two. So if you're interested in getting the full details on the five S's, then go ahead and check out that, birthbabylife.com slash 002, or birthbabylife.com slash 002 is the the episode that goes into the five S's in detail. But the five S's can really make a big difference. It sometimes takes a few minutes and some pretty determined effort. Once you've got your baby swaddled on the side, you're shushing, you might have to jiggle, rock your baby gently for a few minutes. But generally, it does work. Your baby calms down and settles after a few minutes in, then you're able to calm down. So it's worth the effort to go through the whole whole ritual of the five S's because you have a calm baby even if it takes a few minutes it's better than having a baby who continues to scream for hours. Other ideas for your baby who's melting down pop baby in a baby carrier or even in the stroller and go for a walk that often calms babies down. Turn on some music put your baby in your arms and sing and dance around the room with him or her. Take a bath And usually this works well. If you run a bath, you can run a shallow bath so that when you're sitting in the tub, it comes up to about hip level or just over the top of your legs. And then take baby in the bath with you. This is nice. It usually calms babies down because they're still very close to you and they're also able to enjoy the warm water. Mama, you could nurse baby in the bath like this and that might help calm him or her down while you're both covered in the warm water or in the warm water. And that can be very soothing. Take a break if you need to. Put your baby somewhere safe. And then you take a break and walk away for a minute. This is especially important if you feel like you're losing it. That's okay. If somebody else can hold your baby for a little while, while you go have a minute to yourself, that's okay too. If you're really worried about your baby, if you're worried about sickness or injury, or your baby is crying uncontrollably and you just have no idea what to do, nothing has worked, then you can always and should call your baby's doctor if you're worried. What if you have an older child who's melting down? You can offer your child a snack. If your child is overly tired, in my experience, this is often a reason that children melt down, then you can put your child down for a nap. Or even just pull your child up into your arms and rock him or her in the rocking chair or just hold them on your lap. 
my toddler, when she's starting to get really fussy, she's usually very tired, even if it's not nap time. Maybe she slept less at night for a couple of nights, or maybe she missed her nap for a couple of days, so she's just overtired. If I pull her up into my lap, she'll usually settle down instantly, and she often drifts off to sleep right there against my chest. So even if you can't put your child down for a nap, holding them in your arms can usually help them calm down. Singing and dancing often works with an older child. This can even work with preschoolers and school-aged children. Turn on some music, start to dance and sing with them. It helps you feel better. It helps them feel better. Pull out a reserved box of toys. This is another thing you can do to be proactive. Works very well with toddlers and preschoolers. You have a box of toys, just a small Tupperware bin or Rubbermaid bin, that you've put some toys in that you know that they're interested in but they're not normally out they're not used to seeing them so if your child is just grumpy or you really just need a break you pull out that box of toys and let them enjoy those toys and then later on that evening maybe after they've gone to bed you put the toys away if your child is really losing it make sure that everything is safe there's nothing in your child's way and then just let him or her be to finish their fit. Sometimes, especially if you're not able to handle it calmly, you're getting angry or very upset, you're feeling really overwhelmed, that's just the best thing to do. It's not ideal. None of us want to think about our kids doing that. Uh, and maybe later on you can take steps to help that not happen again. But in the moment, if your child is really losing it and you're really feeling overwhelmed, then just let them be. And when they calm down, you can go to them and try some of the other strategies. Another strategy that you can use with an older child is put on a movie or just have a movie day where you let them sit in front of the television, watch some movies. You could pick some movies beforehand that you think might be good for this purpose that you feel good about and just have those on standby and, and just let them watch the movie. Give yourself a break, give them a break, and don't worry about it. What do you do when you're melting down? If you have a baby or young toddler, here are some strategies that can work well. If you have a baby or a young toddler who is totally losing it, it is okay for you to cry too. So if they're bawling and you feel overwhelmed, you can cry right along with them for a minute. Now, if you are feeling really overwhelmed, here are some suggestions. Put your baby or toddler somewhere safe, in a swing, in a bouncy seat, in the crib, in the playpen, in a totally child-proofed room, somewhere safe, and then sit for a few minutes away from them while you collect your thoughts. Or another good strategy is leave them while you go jump in the shower. If you can play some music while you're in the shower so that the music and the water covers up the sound of them crying, if they're crying, then that's fine. I'm not talking about a long shower where you leave your child screaming for a long time. But if you are overwhelmed, what's important is to make sure that your child is safe and then take a few minutes to pull yourself back together because they will be safe even if they are crying and you will be able to, to have those few minutes to collect yourself and then to come back and respond to their needs as a a calmer adult. It may not be completely better, but taking a few minutes to sit in another room or hopping in the shower for a five or ten minute shower is better than continuing to get more and more upset and possibly angry at a little baby or child. Uh, grab a snack really quickly. So run to the kitchen, down a cup of yogurt, eat a piece of cheese, something like that. 
because again, hunger affects you. And especially if you haven't eaten it. And when we have fussy babies who are jiggling all day long, it, we often forget to eat. We forget to take care of ourselves. So have a snack, especially if you haven't eaten in a while or you're feeling like that low blood sugar is getting to you. Call a friend, and you can do this with your baby in your arms, or if you're feeling really overwhelmed, you can go into the other room and call a friend real quick or call your mom or sister and just say, things are really overwhelming. I just needed to reach out to another adult. I needed to hear a voice. I needed to hear some reassurance. Can you please just talk to me for a few minutes? And you don't, I'm, I'm not saying that you need to sound desperate, but sometimes we do need to reach out to another adult when we're feeling overwhelmed with our children, and that's okay. Then once you've done these things, you've taken a few minutes to get yourself calm, centered a little bit, then go back and comfort your baby and go back to the suggestions that I gave above, uh, using the five S's or dancing or taking a walk, those sorts of things to help calm your baby down. So it's okay for you to cry. If you're really overwhelmed, take steps to find a couple minutes where you can calm down and get back to your center. And then again, do calm down. Then take your baby on a walk. Dance. After you've calmed your baby down, if you realize you haven't eaten anything, have a snack. Sit down and watch a movie. Or, best yet, take a nap with your baby. At this point, once you've gotten your baby calm, call your friend and say, You will not believe my kid just screamed for three hours and finally he or she is quiet, but I'm still feeling really overwhelmed. You just wouldn't believe it. And then she'll probably say, oh, yes, I would. And then you guys will chat and you'll feel better. Or call your mom, your sister, your husband, anybody. Or get online and and visit a forum. Do something to kind of connect with other people. Or you could read a book. A book, especially a nice fiction book, can be a nice escape. And when you're just feeling exhausted and emotionally drained from dealing with a fussy baby or a really grumpy toddler, just escaping into a book for a few minutes while you cuddle your hopefully sleeping little one can be really helpful to you. And another tactic is clean the house. Put your baby in a carrier and clean the house. I don't know about you, but something about seeing a clean house always makes me feel better. And when I'm upset, doing something physical, like cleaning the house, and then seeing the results tends to really calm me down. And I know I'm not the only one, but maybe it is unusual, but, but, but cleaning helps me calm down. So go fold laundry with your baby in the carrier, walk back and forth across the house while you put the laundry away, or you know, scrub the tub, especially if you've got an older baby or toddler who can be in a carrier on your back. Scrub the tub, clean the bathroom do the dishes or sweep or vacuum. A lot of babies love the sound of a vacuum and that rhythmic you going back and forth while you're vacuuming can calm them down. Cleaning the house with baby and a baby carrier is often a good way to get a settled and calm baby. What if you have an older child? If you have an older child, I don't recommend that you necessarily cry with them as you can with abandon with the younger baby, but sometimes we do feel overwhelming emotion, and I would recommend that you go to the bathroom, take a minute to cry there. If you really feel like you need that release, dry your eyes, come back out. You want your child to see that even though you have overwhelming emotions, you're able to handle them in a good way because that helps him or her learn ways to handle emotion. So take a minute to cry in the bathroom, wash and dry your face off, then calm down. If your child is melting down, this is especially important. You need to be calm and matter-of-fact. So take a minute, 
to get your emotion out, calm down, and then be ready to be that calm, loving, matter-of-fact parent that they need to help them handle their overwhelming emotion. Once they're calm, once you've taken care of them, then a lot of the same strategies work really well. Read a book. So sit down and read a book with them. Watch a movie with them. Take a walk with them. So you, you can include your child in all of these things or safely occupy your child. So if you put a movie on for them, sit on the couch behind them and read a book that is helpful and nourishing to you. Or uh, if you're on a walk, let them kind of explore and dawdle or run ahead while you walk behind and think. Other strategies for moms that have been helpful for them when they're feeling really frustrated and overwhelmed, take a look at your calendar. You can focus on an event that's coming up that you're really looking forward to. That often cheers me up to think, okay, today is really hard, but I know on Friday we're going to town and we're going to do this, that, and the other, and that's going to be a lot of fun. That can be really heartening to you, and it can help you remember that this doesn't last forever. It helps you get perspective on the day that you're in now and realize that this too shall pass. Make a list of things that you're grateful for. I do this. I have my older children do this. Sit down and think about five, eight, ten things that you're grateful for and really put some thought into it. Don't my children love to do things like house, cat, mama, daddy. So I'll usually have tell them you need to write down what you're grateful for and think about why. So you can tell mama why. And that way you're really thinking about it. And when you start thinking about what you're grateful for, you start to feel better. Deep breathing exercises, so if you've done breathing through your birth classes or for yoga or uh, in anything that you've learned to breathe deeply for, if you play sports, you've probably learned breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth to calm down. That kind of deep breathing can really help you to calm down literally when you're upset about something and especially if you're upset at something going on with your child. Picturing a calming scene at the same time that you do this is helpful for many moms. So they think about being at the beach or being in a cabin in the woods. They just sit down, breathe, think about something or somewhere else, and then it helps them calm down, taking a few minutes to find your center. You can do other exercises. I mentioned walking, but other exercise is good too. So if you lift weights or if you can pop in an aerobics DVD, this often works well with your child because children like to do that kind of thing along with you and it'll make you laugh to see them trying to do it. So that's another good thing. So uh, pop in an exercise DVD or if you lift weights, lift some weights or do some other sort of exercise. And if you can, include your child with you. And remind yourself that, hey, I can handle this. I'm strong enough to deal with this. I can do it. I can calm down. I can be the parent. I can handle this. I can handle this day and get through it. Remember that. You are strong enough to deal with this. Now, what do you do when things are falling apart? For this, I mean things like the toilet's overflowing, food's burning, the roof is leaking, that sort of thing. Remember, again, you can handle it. So get your little ones somewhere safe if they need to be somewhere safe while you handle the situation. Then do damage control. Stifle the kitchen fire. Use the fire extinguisher. Throw baking soda on it. Smother it. (laughs) Go plunge the toilet. Or call the plumber. (laughs) But do your damage control once you know that your little ones are safe. Call for help if you need it. Call the plumber if you need him. And, and then once you've gotten it under control, 
cry and then laugh about it because one day you'll look back on it and you'll go, oh my goodness, do you remember the day that something started burning in the oven? Something exploded on the stovetop. The fire alarm was going off. The neighbors came running over to see why smoke was billowing out of the windows. The baby was crying. The dog was dragging things through the house. The toddler was pulling toilet paper out. The toilet was overflowing all at the same time. Because yes, days like that really do happen. And you'll laugh about it in future years. So once you've gotten everything under control, cry about it and then laugh about it today. You can handle it. Everything seems to go wrong at once. That's the truth. Murphy's Law, maybe. But remember that this too shall pass. The fussy babies, the crying toddlers, the emotional outbursts from your elementary schoolers, middle schoolers, and high schoolers, all of that will pass. Your hard days will pass. You'll have a vehicle that doesn't break down constantly. Maybe your toilet will always keep overflowing, or maybe you'll get a plumber and who will fix fix the problem completely. But really, all of this will pass and smoother days will come. You can do it, you can handle it, and a new day will come. For some long-term ideas, if things are really tough, if there are emotional things, relationship issues going on, remember, this will pass. Fussy babies will grow up. You'll manage to work through the relationship things, all of that. You can seek counseling and advice if you need it. Look into parenting books for ideas to use in your home to help you deal long-term with problems that keep coming up. Going through different parenting books can help you figure out what strategies resonate with you, what things work for your child, and so the next day that your child is melting down, you'll have a better idea of how to handle it, or at least you'll have read some wisdom that you can incorporate into your parenting, and that may be helpful. A hobby or work may help you feel like you have something beyond housework and childcare. Sometimes that's just what gets really overwhelming is we feel like all we ever do is clean the house and chase the kids around. And yes, moms and dads do feel like they need more. They need more adult interaction. You want a project behind beyond caring for your child and your house, even though those are very important. So this could be something quote-unquote domestic, like you might enjoy doing some gourmet cooking. You may enjoy gardening, uh, that sort of thing, or it may be something like a hobby or a craft or an at-home business. It may be study if you like academics. You can continue to do distance learning, or if you work outside the home, your work may help give you an outlet. But needing an outlet like that that's above and beyond your child can be or is normal, and it can be very helpful to have that. You can still be a good parent who's paying attention to your child, spending plenty of time with your child, and still pursue your own interests, reading, gardening, that sort of thing. And even better, if you can include your child in those and they get a good example. So they garden with you or they build with you or work on the vehicles with you or they see you studying your academics while they're doing their schoolwork. That's a good example for them. So those sorts of things are healthy. Include your child. Set an example for your child. And know that that will enrich your child. You can balance your own hobbies and interests while you're still a good parent. Other ideas are things like mommy and me classes, la leche league group meetings, family activities offered by, say, your YMCA or your local gym, or, or your library. All of those things are good things where you can get adult interaction, where you can still be including your child, and that really helps a lot of moms and dads who feel like they, they need adult companionship while they're taking care of their child. 
So remember, even if you're having a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day, you're still a good parent. You can handle this. Even if you feel like you've handled a particularly bad day, particularly badly, you can reflect on it, put some measures into place to be able to handle the next bad day more smoothly. Because trust me, bad days come for everybody. It's normal. You're normal. It doesn't mean you're a bad parent. You're a good parent and you can handle a terrible, no good, very bad day because this too will pass and you will go on and there will be happier days and you will probably laugh and smile about the bad days as you guys get over them. All right, this has been episode 10 of the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast. I hope it was helpful for you with some practical information and some reassurance from a parent who definitely has bad days. If you enjoyed this, I would really love it if you would give me a rating. Just hop on over to iTunes, rate the podcast, let me know what you're thinking. If you really liked it, let me know that. If there are some things I can do to improve, I'd love to hear that. Thank you so much for listening. And this has been Kristen from Natural Birth and Baby Care with the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com. Visit www.birthbabylife.com.